0: Welcome to another edition of Len's Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush. So like every year, 2022 has been questionable to start at the very best, right? We, we have seen so many things. We continue to lose people uh, that we grew up with, watching on TV like Bob Saget, or music. We lost a legendary meatloaf, and and now comedy. We lose, uh, again, Louis Anderson, who... Uh, passed away early at the start of the year plus it comes on the heels of losing betty white on the last day of 2021 and it even hits closer to home as one of my friends is really struggling he lost his father his mother and his brother all within nine days of each other so certainly everybody is is feeling this death is never something that is enjoyable or we even know how to really deal with it but unfortunately, life has a born-on date, and it has an end date. And we don't know any of the dates, uh, you know, when they're going to happen, and we don't know anything kind of in between. To quote the brilliant Ricky Gervais in Season 3 of Afterlife, this was this was great. I, I watched the show. If you haven't watched Afterlife, you really should. On Netflix, you wouldn't believe that a show of a woman dying of cancer actually can be funny, but it is. And in the show... In the last episode, he talks about this. He talks about life is like a ride at the fair. Exciting, scary, fast, and you can only go around once. You have the best time, till you can't take it anymore. Then it slows down, and you see someone else waiting to get on, and they need your seat. That's what it comes down to. Brilliant and so true. I always love the fair, but... I don't go on the fast rides. I just wait in line for the funnel cakes. So I don't know if that necessarily counts for anything other than that. But we need more fairs. We need more excitement. We need more to just, just enjoy life. Find something to do. Find someone to do something nice for someone. So in keeping with this theme, unfortunately, sorry, I know this is not the best topic for uh, what's burning my bush, but I wanted to go through... My recent experience with adding life insurance, yes, life insurance, of course, because I want to make my wife, yes, a rich widow. That's my goal in life, to do that. So my policy of 20 years is coming due in February, and since I'm no longer 30, uh, they decided to whack me for some really heavy uh, monthly fee. So I decided, you know what, let me go through the process of actually getting a new policy and I've begun this application process. You would not believe the questions that they ask you about uh, what's going on. They're, it's kind of amazing to think. So they first asked me about flying. How many hours am I flying? Am I planning on any trips or doing it? And I thought, you know, oh, okay, that's that's a, that's understandable. But they really were getting to the meat and the potatoes of it, which is they they thought I was actually flying the plane. You know, they said they were talking about. Are, am I going to fly the plane, or you know, do you, you know what's the situation? I, I mean, here's the deal: you don't want me to fly the the plane. They asked me if I was planning on hang gliding or using a hot air balloon. My immediate response was, "Hell no." Uh, I'm like Casey Kasem, the late, great Casey Kasem. I like to keep my feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. So, of course, they asked me like three or four more times on this about flying. I was like, oh, my goodness. I kept saying no, 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 no. So I finally finished the application uh, online. And don't you know that the other day I get an email from the life insurance policy, and it, it basically said, on this, it said, "If I'm planning on flying, am I doing anything other than being a passenger?" I'm like, "For the love of God, can we just stop this already?" I mean, I tried to tell them all through the process, "No, I am not flying the plane." But apparently, maybe I just should have said yes. God knows what my my premium would have been. But it's just like you know, I'm not taking flying lessons anytime soon and maybe with all this maybe they'll give me something else to do with that being said it's time to bring on my guest for the week he is an actor he's a broadcaster he's an author of the oliver factor and the name dropper making his second appearance he last appeared it's almost freaky it's a year ago almost to the day in episode 42 the bernie sanders meme episode please welcome tim tyrell to lens burning bush and tim i'm going to bring you on uh in the stream uh on it let's see if i could do this it's not uh for some reason let's see there you are there uh, there you are uh and let me get you a little bit better picture as we go side by side here on on the youtube channel uh we can see it but uh tim thank you for joining i'm sorry i was so morbid but we've just seen so much death in the last uh so long uh, the last there's few been months. so yeah.
1: much death but i wonder where you buy your insurance from the general where do you get that from?
0: <laughs> i know it's, it's crazy. No, I actually did, uh, I, 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 you know, of course, those ads on TV, you know, select quote, I, I, I did call. And, and it's, it, you know, Pacific Life is asking questions and they're just like, you know, this. But the rates were really good. But of course, they want to know if you're flying the plane. I am yeah. not flying the plane. Let me tell you something. It's like, uh, what's that George Carlin line? It's like they tell you to get on the plane. Uh, screw you. I'm, you know, getting in the plane. Let evil can evil get on the plane. Right. Right. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that I worry about. But I don't know. I, I don't know why they kept fascinating but what was interesting is the woman was reading from a script and she was just kind of typing and, and but she had to ask all these questions it should have been like if you are planning on really flying then here's your questions if you're not flying if you answer once no that should be enough right
1: they should just start with are you a pilot no yeah. okay skip M- to move question on. 26 yeah exactly i'm not and i'm not going
0: out of, i'm not hang gliding i'm not going out of a <laughs> hot air balloon uh, I guess I understand there was a movie with uh, Ben Stiller. What was that a Polly something? Uh, I can't think of the name of it now with Jennifer Aniston.
1: Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and, and it was a movie where life insurance and he was, he was selling life insurance to a guy who basically jumped off buildings and did all these things and had a high policy rate. But I, I don't know. It, it's hard enough being over 50 to get a life insurance policy. And then you got to go through all this. It's, but they raised the rates like ridiculous. Um, oh yeah. The first policy I had, because I had it at such a, low rate, because when you get it in your 30s, you don't think of it. And then part of me was thinking, what do I need life insurance for? And, you know, I have some already. Do I need any more? You know, but again, my job is to make my wife a rich widow, and that's it. Um, I had talked about this on a previous episode, because I don't know if you've ever seen this on Facebook, but unfortunately, if people pass away, and then you see them like within three to four months, they've got a new boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, you know, is it too soon, right? My goal would be that my wife should have a date at my funeral.
1: I think that would be <laughs> I like that. That's yeah. a good idea. Because you have anybody in mind you wants well, to Well, I am sure funeral? she does.
0: I'm you know, let's face it, Tim, she's been with me for over, you know, thirty years. She she better have somebody better than me. <laughs> coming in yeah it's true though right what is it our business whether or not we uh who we you know whether it's too soon it's it's too soon for maybe you but not for the person that it you know because we don't know the situation right so i i did an episode on that now i know you're a big tennis fan and i know you watch um you've been watching probably the australian open right you've been watching a little bit well one of the things that i saw i saw an article in the new york post which was kind of interesting it's harder to watch the Australian Open now because of ESPN, right? They're having all kinds of – you have to have – you need cable or you need ESPN Plus or the, they make it so hard
1: to watch these uh, these uh, sh- matches anymore, right? Well, I, I find it annoying because how many subs- uh, streaming services do you subscribe to? Because I think I have nine or ten. Yes. And just the other day, you talked about the Australian Open. I wanted to watch a Naomi Osaka so- match. And I turn on ESPN, 9 o'clock, and figure, oh, great, I, I can watch everything live. Nope, they cut it off an hour and a half later, and you have to go to ESPN+.
0: I know, it's awful. I think it was Jim Gaffigan, the comedian, I don't know if you saw, he tweeted uh, this week, he said, I'd like to get a streaming service that has everything uh, and has all the streaming services into one, that's cable. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's the way it used to be. We had everything all in one, it's like, now I've got, I've got Netflix, I've got Hulu, I've got Paramount, I've got... Uh, uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, um, What's the other? I'm trying to think. We, we uh, There's Peacock Plus. Oh, I, I, I got rid right. of Plus. Yeah, I, I just think there's too many pluses. Uh, yes. But, you know, it's funny. Everybody says they're going to cut the cord. Cut the cord, right? And you wind up with a bill that's higher than the cord you were cutting. Exactly, yeah. It doesn't make any sense because people don't understand. First of all, you need internet for everything. People yes. don't understand that. If you don't have internet, it, it's kind of like we were going through this at work a little bit where everybody wants to back up their their computers into um a service, right? Either a cloud service or OneDrive, right? If everybody is familiar with OneDrive. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, you back up all your stuff. But here's my biggest problem with that. It is not it, it just like anything else. That's why I like to have at least dish network in the house because I what happens if the internet's out? You don't have TV, right? Yeah. I I mean, I'm like, you know, I have to have it, Like, right? TV is like a, an addiction. But I just don't like the fact that if you have like OneDrive and you want a file, if you don't have any internet, you can't have it, right? Unless you have it backed up on a USB or something like that. So I think more and more, you have to realize that the internet is not always going to be on. That's the way I look
1: Well, at. it's interesting too, because there's packages now where you buy them and you don't even have a cable box. You have to download the app. Some cable companies are doing that now where you, oh. you get the, the cable modem for internet, but you don't actually have a cable box for TV. So if the internet goes down again, you have no internet, no TV. That, I don't, I, I don't know about you, but
0: that doesn't make any sense to me. If I'm paying you for the service and the cable to me is the most like dish network. I like because it, you know, it, people complain, you got the dish on the side, whatever, and maybe the reception, you know, when it rains or whatever, but I, I still like having the dish. Uh, yeah, having us because again i have all the streaming services also but i think that uh you know i need to uh we need to make sure that uh we've got it You got a little dark a little bit on your side did i do something that i hit you no
1: nothing you did my my uh my ring cam just went out
0: oh well that's not good the camera we'll get it back oh that's okay it's no big deal uh, people are hearing us hopefully on all of the platforms that we do and the, this youtube thing is new anyway we're doing uh facebook live and we're doing. Um, I think we've on Twitter uh, as well, uh, doing uh, the video portion as well. But, uh, but uh, Tim, you know, going back uh, to this last week, we lost uh, Meatloaf. Uh, and, you know, I don't know about you, but I just love a lot of the songs. Uh, what are your thoughts uh, of uh, Meatloaf, the album, Bad Out of Hell, and some others? What are your thoughts?
1: Oh, Bad Out of Hell is a classic. It's it just... I had so many good songs on that album. And I remember reading an interview with him in Rolling Stone where he said he couldn't get signed because he had done the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And everyone just thought, like, well, you're not a rock guy. You're a theater guy. Yeah. And nobody would hire him. And then he put out that classic album. But I have to say, I've seen Meatloaf in Concert. Uh, a bunch of times I, I've met him, I've interviewed him. I have never seen somebody who sweat as bad as me. Oh. <laughs> that, it's, it's sad. It really is. He yeah, made... I saw him on Long Island, New York uh, at Westbury Music Fair. This uh, really tiny theater where it's, it's in the round and they filmed it for a VH1 special and every song they would stop after it. Cause of course this song's like 10 minutes long anyway, yeah. but after every song they had to stop and do hair and makeup again. Cause he just sweats so much. But he put on a great show. He was he was a great performer, and I loved his music.
0: I did too, because you think about some of the stuff. If like uh, you know, uh, I wonder if we'll ever find out. You know, I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. Does anybody ever know what that is? What's the <laughs> yeah. one thing that you won't do? Um, yeah, I, I wonder. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wonder exactly what he's talking about. But but there's so many good songs, uh, you know, uh, that he did, and and the whole thing with Phil Rizzuto putting him in in exactly. the song. I mean, just brilliant. And and you can just sit there and listen. One thing that I do like about technology today, there's a few things. You know, as the old man on the on the on the porch here, yelling and screaming at the children. Um, I like the idea of if somebody does pass away and they're famous, you could go back and I've done this with Bob Saget now. I watch now. I'm watching some of his podcasts and going back and you know listening to some things. And Louis Anderson, we can we'll talk about him in a minute. But you know, with uh, with Meatloaf, you can go back on YouTube now and just watch. Um, endless clips and and listen to songs. I think that's what's great about technology now.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I, I it, it's amazing to think back in the day if we ever missed an episode of, let's say, Full House. Yeah. and if you missed it, you had to wait till the summertime to hope that they reran that episode that you missed. Now you can just go online and play it back whenever you want. It's it's great technology with that we can do everything on demand.
0: It really is. And I was watching um on HBO Max. The Bob Einstein uh, documentary. I don't know if you yes. saw that. Bob Einstein had talked about because uh, Albert Brooks is his brother, which I, I kind of knew, but didn't you know fully knew. No, that that was the case. But he has another brother, and he just sat there. and you know, He said, "You know, we're sad. You know, Bob's gone." But sometimes I'll take like forty minutes and just watch like some old clips and sit there, and Bob's like right there with him. So it kind of makes you makes you think again um, through that. But we lost another one, Louis Anderson, uh, on Friday. He was sixty eight and just another treasure um, you know talk about sweating, I think one of louis 's uh, funniest jokes and he said i 'm sweating, pardon me if i don 't sweat i 'll explode uh, i think yes, it 's one of his yes. famous famous lines. He also hosted yeah. Family Feud, but I think he got really um, good recommend or good uh, views recently for something he did. Uh, Later in life, uh, I think, as well, he seemed to... He was playing a woman, I think, in, in another show, right? In uh, Baskets. Yes. Baskets, yeah. I couldn't think of the, the name of the show, but just just an unfortunate, you know, to lose him. And only 68, uh, you know, that's... Uh, it's a shame, because he was... Funny, funny man. Funny man.
1: Yeah, I had the opportunity to... Uh, have him on the show of mine. We brought the show out to Las Vegas about eight years ago, and um, and he was working on a podcast when everyone was really kind of new into podcasts, and he didn't really know what to do. And uh, we we spoke a few times about uh, producing his podcast, and I and I really had a close a uh, couple of you know good conversations with him about his life and what he wanted to put in the podcast. And it was very sad when I saw that in the news yesterday. And we kind of knew it was coming anyway because everybody knew he was sick. I thought Paulie Shores. Um, message that he put on social media was great about the family. Let him actually go in and say goodbye because a lot of people don't realize uh, Louis Anderson was a very liked comedian. Oh yeah. people at the comedy store in L.A. It's it's a family, and and uh, Paulie Shore's mom owns the the comedy store, owned it, and they were very close for many years. And uh, the fact that he did get a chance to actually go and say goodbye, and it was great that the family allowed Paulie to go in there because Paulie Shore was one of his best friends. Unrelated, of
0: course, you made me think when you brought up Pauly Shore and and Mitzi, you know, you brought up the whole uh, comedy store. So in 1990, I went out to LA. And uh, I went, you know, my wife, uh, she was my girlfriend at the time, Susan, we went to the comedy store. And it was like, you know, this is great. We're going to see Skip Stevenson was there. There was a couple of other good comedians, but Pauly Shore. And he was a very new Pauly Shore. uh, That was in 1990. I don't think he even did much of anything uh, before he did his, uh, you know, there's a lot of good son-in-law and after that and some other movies. But he, the, 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 the funny story of this is not whether or not Pauly Shore was the comedian and on stage. But Susan told me that she goes, I just got out of the bathroom and some guy came in. Uh, and he was like, you know, yelling and ranting or whatever. So then he gets a, so later on at night, Pauly Shore comes up on stage he goes, that's the guy that was in the bathroom with me. It was <laughs> Pauly Shore. It was Paulie Shore. The weasel um, was know. in. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a good story coming out of the ladies bathroom. With I, I
1: often wonder what Pauly Shore career would be like if his mom didn't own the comedy store. Because he is funny, but, but there are a lot of funnier people, and I and I often wonder, but, you know, he's, he's a nice man, and, and uh, I have to assume he would have succeeded on his own as well. No, I would agree with that, and I think you're right. You know,
0: it's all about, uh, you know, it's the same thing with, like, broadcasters. You know, you've got uh, Jack Buck and Joe Buck, right? Joe Buck is tremendous at what he does, but if his father wasn't Jack Buck, how does he get that job on Fox? The same with Kenny Albert. Or others, oh, yeah. you know, with Marv Albert as a father, you know, but they turn out and they're really good anyway. But is yeah. it, is it be like Ian Eagle's son is now doing the Nickelodeon games on the NFL? Like, yeah, it, you know, their nepotism at its best, but sometimes, you
1: know, it's all about taking the opportunity and running with it too. Uh, if you have no talent, it is, but, but, you know, it's getting through that that first door, you know. A lot of people do struggle. There are many great actors here yeah. in New York who have been doing off Broadway and, and even Broadway for years, but they never really got that break. and And I think there there are many actors who are you know just as good as the ones that are on TV right now. And I'm like, how did they get it? And, and then you look at oh well, that was a family member, and they got the agent from that. And you know, Will Smith's kids, they never had a struggle. No. I love Willow Smith's new song that she has yeah. out. But she never had a struggle. She was immediately given a studio that her father owns to record her music. So <laughs> how, much, how much of a struggle and how much dues did they pay? And speaking of Willow Smith, it was, uh, there was a Jimmy uh, Fallon
0: uh, with Bruce Springsteen did, did something. Uh, I whip My Hair, back and forth. Was that a song yes. that she did, right? So they had Jimmy Fallon playing Neil Young and then Bruce Springsteen and they were doing whip my hair back and forth. It was like, <laughs> and it was hysterical because it's a, you you got you to search on YouTube and it's like whip my hair back and forth. That's <laughs> yeah. great. So that reminds like you, you, you uh, hit a couple of things
1: today that remind me. A very so, funny story yeah. about Will Smith, if I could. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when, when, when that song whip my hair came out, she was on tour with Justin Bieber and she was a rebellious 10 year old at that point. And just one day she decided she was going to cut all her hair off. And Will Smith had to say to her backstage, like, you know, your song is called with my hair back and forth yeah, and you're bald now. <laughs> and I just think it's funny that she's a 10 year old kid. She didn't think of it. No, not at all. Why would you, why would you even think that would
0: matter? Uh, it's yeah. just, a, you know, it's amazing what, what people will think, but you're right. I mean, if, uh, there are a lot of talented people that don't get, I, I look at the music business as a perfect example. So, um, if you've ever been to any concerts recently where, you know, you look at an old band, we, you see maybe Tesla's out there and there's a couple others, you know, Tesla, there's a lot of great bands and, and bands that are like this. And then you look and you, you, in the same show, you watch Def Leppard and you, you go, wow. There's like a huge difference, and you're back live. You're back You're back all lighted. Um, we got some lights back. We Sorry got lights that. back for the people that are watching this. Uh, we have lights for Tim. Thank you, Tim. Um, but anyway, there's a huge difference between like a, a Tesla's a very good band, and then there's the exceptional bands. I always like to say that you can learn how to play guitar, and you could play very well, and you'll recognize all the songs, but you're not going to just all of a sudden become Eric Clapton, right? I mean, there's right. a huge difference. So you have like Tesla, and you have Def Leppard, and it's like here at you know it's the top uh, or the bottom. But you watch some of these these uh, music, musicians out there; they're so good, and they never get that big break. Like I always look at Bruce, right? But I look at Southside Johnny as a good example of there's a very good talent, but he never made it like Bruce did, and why? right? From the same area, same, you know, Bruce is exceptionally talented. Don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to compare, but what are your thoughts of that? Like, you got a Southside Johnny, and you got Bruce.
1: Well, you know, I, I think back, someone who was supposed to be the next Bruce Springsteen was John Cafferty, oh, and yeah. he came and out the, with Beaver the Beaver Brown, Brown Band. Band, and Everyone said he is the the new one. When his first record came out, everyone would compare it to The River. And he had some success, but it just never carried over to the success that Bruce had. And I just think a lot of it is timing. You know, record companies and probably TV executives are known for this, too. As soon as something is a success, and I bet you're going to see this with, like, Squid Game. As soon as they get a a show or a genre that's out, they immediately hire all these artists that are very similar... But then by the time their records are produced or the movies are produced, everything has gone past it to the next thing. And then you're stuck with it. John Cafferty, I thought, was a great artist and a great band. But just I think the timing was wrong. They were looking for Springsteen. And by the time they got it out, it was like, you know springsteen was already exploded and they didn't want another springsteen and yeah. um uh, and you, you get that with so much stuff is that they immediately react to what's current and somebody has a quick billy eilish how many artists are out there right now that are doing that same monotone kind of singing that billy eilish did and it's just like everyone's kind of over it already at this point yeah. but they're still releasing these records exactly and that's the kind of thing like ed sheeran does a lot of the um
0: looping stuff, right? And, and I've yes. got a, a guy that I've had on my show, Javier Mendoza, who hobo Kane. He is, I mean, if you ever watch him live, he's just amazingly talented, has great stuff, does both songs in English and in Spanish, and yet he can't get to that next level. Like, you know, it, it's, but Ed Sheeran did, right? You got, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, obviously, Ed Sheeran's very talented. I, I'm not taking anything away from him, but it's just timing. You're right. It is, uh, kind of interesting on that. But like with Southside Johnny, you know, you'd go to the Meadowlands racetrack at the time to watch him. And then Bruce is uh, selling out the, you know, the garden, right? It's yeah. kind of, the, kind of the, the funny thing. But as far as a band, you know, uh, to this day, I say Southside Johnny and a few other bands have the best horn section that
1: you can go see. Um, yeah. With- now on, on those lines, what do you think of the bands as they replace? Uh, different members because New Year's Eve was the big story that Andy Cohen made the comment about phony journey how do you feel about that Um, he's
0: I think you know I always like Steve Perry but I'll tell you I saw journey and Asia um, and I saw journey and Def Leppard uh, where he was there uh, the new singer I can't think of his name off the top of my head Uh, but I'll tell you it was very good Um, I, I I don't mind it I was a Van Hagar so I like Sammy Hagar. Uh, I, you know, I'm not one that. Uh, I think that Steve Perry is a tremendous talent, and obviously the songs with him are great. But he he does the guy now does a really good job, and 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 he's a good showman. And uh, if you've ever seen it live, did you have you ever seen Journey live now with? Yes, yeah, and yes. I loved it.
1: I don't know about you. What are your thoughts? I just wonder if if Journey would dump him if Steve Perry said tomorrow you know, guys, I want to tour with you guys again. How quickly would they dump this new guy? Oh,
0: oh he, it would be 10 minutes they would dump him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: but he's done a great job. I mean, they
0: actually, you know, they, they talk about him on stage, and they say how great he is, and it's just like, you know, he does. He, he, there's a lot of songs that Steve did that uh, you can't hit those notes,
1: but but he does a really good job of getting there. Um, and Steve Perry has acknowledged that the new singer is doing a great job. I think it was in the Rock and yeah. Roll Hall of Fame. He, he even said, like, kudos to him. He, he's doing a great job with it. Yeah, it's, a, you know, it's like even with Def Leppard and Joe
0: Elliott, he can't hit those notes that he did in the 80s anyway. So you're, you're watching him. Yeah, it's Joe Elliott, but Joe Elliott can't be Joe Elliott. Uh, one of the bands that actually have done a tremendous job with a newer singer, or at least new-ish singer, is, uh, is Foreigner. Uh, they, yes. they've got a guy that's actually, it's funny cause the other guys are like 70 and he's in his fifties and he's like the, the young golden girl. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but he's out there. He, I I'll tell you foreigner sounds as good now as they did before, because they've got a singer that still can hit those notes.
1: I laugh, though, when you, when you see these bands that replace certain members, because if you ever look, sometimes um, you see online an ad for a venue and they're like, oh, this band's coming around this band. And then you see like the spinners and the drifters and the guys are in their 30s. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, but that band's like 70 years old. So how is that possible? I know that that, that makes it crazy Well, it's kind of like Queen. What, what do you think about Adam Lambert? doing. I think I think Queen is is an unusual example of, I mean, how do you replace Freddie Mercury? No, you can't. Um, and a lot of people say, okay, well, this is working, but they don't realize there were a lot of people that were a frontman of Queen before Adam Lambert. You had Robbie Williams was briefly with the band. George Michael was with the band. Yeah. And um, I'm forgetting the other guy, Don't Shed a Tear um, singer. Paul Carrick. Yeah. Paul Carrick was in Queen at one point as well. So it took many stages before they got to Adam Lambert, but I think this is working. I just wish Queen would put out a record with Adam Lambert on, on lead vocals and, and put out new music with him. I, I too, I think it, I think he's,
0: uh, I I liked it. There was a, I think it was on Netflix, I believe there was a Adam Lambert or a Queen documentary recently with Adam Lambert. I, I think it's, um, he does a really good job and, and he's, he's the first to tell you he's not trying to be Freddie Mercury. He's trying to be Adam Lambert and there's nothing wrong with that because, you know, Freddie, Freddie Mercury had the, one of the best voices ever. You can't, you can't replace him. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. kind of interesting. But, yeah, there there are some bands, like I said, I, I like Van Halen with with Sammy Hagar as opposed to David Lee Roth. I think he did even better because Sammy Hagar, you forget how talented that man is. They wrote most of the good songs after. Like, how does Van Halen go from great songs that they wrote to
1: when they bring Sammy Hagar in? It gets even better, I think i i agree you know after eddie died there were a lot of executives that came out and talked about how van halen got got signed and they got signed on the strength of eddie's guitar playing and and these people were saying how they would go to the whiskey go-go in la and they would just go watch eddie play and many record executives did not want david lee roth in the band and felt like he didn't have the chops to to pull it off and Eddie give him the, the credit here. He said no, this is the band, take it or leave it. And he was the one that that really got that to work. So, you know, I I was a fan of Sammy Hagar as well. Um, the Gary Sharon record I thought was actually a good record, but it went absolutely nowhere. Um, but you know, it's uh it's to each his own, I guess, because a lot of people just like the original band and that's it. I just I just think when it gets to the stage where you lose more than like two or three members, like just stop at that point.
0: Yeah, it's kinda of like A C D C at this point. I I I'd love to see Brian Johnson be able to come back, but it's um it's kind of interesting with A C D C to get back. That's a band that I you know, it's funny. Um you look at um ACDC, like the best three chords that have ever, you know, back in black <laughs> is just like, dan, 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 right. But every one of their songs is just like high upbeat. They might not be like the best band of all time, but if, if you want to get uplifted, if you can't get excited listening to ACDC, then there's no hope for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's kind of, it is, but I'd like to see them, but it's problem is that the music today and it, it, again, I'm sure they said this 30, 40 years ago, you know, but it's like they're You know, you're seeing more of these 70 year old geezers out there uh, performing because I don't think the music, you know, there's a lot of good
1: bands out there right now. Maybe I'm maybe it's just me. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I saw Judas Priest about two or three years ago. And I have to say, Rob Halford, he should have come out with a walker because <laughs> it was just that bad. And he had a big teleprompter in front of him. And I'm not talking like most bands have teleprompters now because you do. I guess when, you, when you're when you on stage, you could very easily lose your place. So they do have the teleprompter of the songs they're singing. This one was about a 60-inch TV that he had. I guess he can't see either. But he was bent over. He didn't ride ride the motorcycle like he normally would do. So, but it it's sad. I still like seeing bands like that. Yeah. Scorpions is one of the other bands, oh. too, Klaus Lausmina of Scorpions. It's like he's like 72 or 73 years old. But, you know, it's getting to the stage where I think it's almost time to wrap it up. And that's kind of what I say with
0: Kiss. I, I, I always love Kiss. I love Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and everybody. Uh, but if you go to see them, and I saw them several times in the last few years, but the last show that I saw, I really thought that Paul Stanley was, finally started to sound like a Jewish grandmother. Uh, he was out there going, hello, Cincinnati, how are you? And it, it's just, I mean, come on. I mean, it's time I, to... I saw him
1: in Connecticut <laughs> in Bridgeport, and it's funny because you, you probably know because you're seeing him. His yeah. big thing is, Okay, Breachport, I got a question for you. Breachport. <laughs> and, and my friends and I, we laugh about this all the time. Every time I'm like, hey, I got a question, Breachport.
0: It reminded me of Howard. You got to try the, You know, the, it's just like with from the scene from Big Bang Theory. He's got it that. It
1: reminds me of the mother from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, yeah. Doris it,
0: Roberts. Yeah, Doris Roberts. He said, like, oh, my God, do look at, you know, look at this. So <laughs> I've got you on full screen right now on YouTube because I wanted to. Uh, you've got your book in the background there, The Oliver Factor. So I like that uh why not you got to get look at that he's got his book out uh the man is a published author, the name dropper so uh, you got anything else coming out people you can't leave them just hanging with two books oh that's so funny you should see oh, that, look at that. Mean, we didn't even talk about no no we did that that's why this is brilliant doing this right
1: yeah go ahead i, I- I have a book coming out, uh, which if you grew up in the 80s, you're going to love it because it's a lot of interesting facts about the 80s and a lot of trivia about things from the 80s, from movies to TV to current events that happened in the 80s. And um, it's going to be called uh, 1980 Interesting Facts About the 80s. And it'll be coming out early spring. So you can look for that in just a couple of months. We'll have that out.
0: Awesome. I'll be getting it. I do have The Oliver Factor. Loved it. Uh, It it is You know, it's nice that there's a lot of TV shows that we talked about. And I remember having you on talking about it. And we talked about the Partridge family. And we talked about Ricky. And I watched an episode uh, and I texted you right after. Because I was like, you're 100% accurate. This is awful
1: with Ricky in it. Oh, I think they just thought they were going to go somewhere new. And this was going to be the big thing. And the audience just was not having it. I just wish you had Twitter when that was going on, because it would have been interesting to see the Twitter comments when Ricky came on the Partridge family. Oh,
0: I know. It, it, it's awful. Like some shows, they just, you know, they bring on. And and for those of you that don't know, uh, Oliver was brought on the Brady Bunch, and, and that started the kind of the trend. Uh, and then, of course, we started with the Jump the Shark and with, with Fonzie and all of that. But it, uh, TV shows, just bring on a character and or bring on a baby. And there's another thing, right? You bring on yes. a baby and you kill the show.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting something just happened in the last two weeks on the TV show, the Connors, which was the spinoff from Roseanne yeah. is they had uh, Becky had had a child Beverly Rose on the show and they actually just aged her as many TV shows do the kids like suddenly a toddler or or an infant and suddenly they're five years old. Well, this kid's now sitting at the table, eating food with everyone else and talking and overnight this kid became five and um you know the Connors is pushing it as it is as a TV show, and I think now we're we're getting into that territory where we have a new Oliver Factor on the Connors.
0: Yeah, there you go. You could have a, Oliver Factor Part Two could be coming out maybe twenty twenty four or something like that. We oh, it's have in a, the works. Oh, oh uh, I love it. I love it. Now, how can we uh, how can we get this? I know you've got your website, but uh, just on Amazon is where you can get you most can get of it.
1: Amazon, yeah. You can get on Amazon. Yep, you can. You can actually go to the OliverFactorBook dot and uh, that has the links onto it. Also, Tim Tyrell is uh, timtyrell.com and you can get information. And then I'll, I'll throw the link up when uh, the new book comes out and uh, you'll be able to get all the information there. But you can always search my name on Amazon and find out all the latest books coming out.
0: Awesome. And I'll post a link to uh, where you can get the current books on on uh, this uh episode and uh, on the facebook page at lens burning bush one thing i wanted to leave you with because i saw this and i thought this would be a perfect thing to talk about you and i martha stewart and snoop dog together again doing the puppy bowl the 2022 puppy (laughs) bowl on super bowl sunday february 13th i can't i
1: it's one of those things that is like to me must see tv right there you know, I have to say, I, I find it very hard when they take two different people and put them together to try to make something work. I don't know why that, that seems to be working. And honestly, I don't think it is, is really working. I think if we looked at the real numbers on how many people watch the two of them doing their shows together. Um, but I actually can't get past Martha Stewart as a person. No, and I haven't well, met her many times. Oh. Uh, not too long ago at an airport running into her. And... Um, she, just not the nicest person on earth and I'm just not a fan. So I have a bit of a bitter taste in my mouth about Martha Stewart.
0: I am so sorry to bring it up for you then. I should have known better, but uh, (laughs) she was in, uh, was it uh, the Christmas mom one? I think it was the, the second one. Uh, Bad Moms Christmas, I think it was. was she? Oh, yes, yes, and yes. And she was miserable in that one. I was like, I don't, how, does, how do people like this woman?
1: She's 80 well, years earlier old and she's in the miserable. Week she did Ellen, uh, Ellen's yeah. final show. And she, was, she actually talked about, and I, I give her credit for this, is that she talked about being in prison. And she made a nativity scene while in prison. And she's now selling it on her website. So I give her credit for that. But it was just such a a, a flat interview that Ellen was trying to make jokes of everything. And Martha Stewart was just like, I don't know if she, she's 80 now. So we have to give her a little bit of credit there for that. But I don't, it just fell flat. and, And it's just like, you know, the Martha Stewart party's over in my book. Hashtag. Hashtag Done.
0: (laughs) <laughs> done, Martha Stewart is done, but yeah. one thing that is not done is the law and orders thing. It just keeps Getting, I mean, Law & Order SVU has been on for, what, 20-something? I mean, it just seems like it, it's never going to end. And I think, yeah. yeah and, and, you know, you've got uh, Murska Hargate is, is is brilliant in it uh, all, all through the whole thing. But now Sam Waterston is coming back yeah. to Law & Order as Jack McCoy. Uh, he will be back on February 24th with a new Law & Order. I can't believe they're just, you know, um, it's it's amazing when you come up with a great idea and
1: uh, it just keeps they just keep doing it. I agree. I, I am excited for the original show because I, uh, I was on one of the early episodes called tail hook of, um, of law and order, very small part, but uh, Juliana Margulies was oh. the guest uh, star on the show. And uh, I had a great time. I worked with Chris Noth too. And I, and I'm sad about everything going on yeah. with Chris Noth because I can only talk about my experience, but he was very nice to me on the multiple times I met him, but also, not just hype, I guess. Um, so, kind of sad to know what's going on with that. Uh, it is kind of sad, and I don't know. Speaking of which, have you watched any of the new Sex in the City? I was never a fan of it, and I forced myself to watch it, and um, I'm I'm still not a fan. No, I just it doesn't do much for me. Well, I like the first run of the
0: show. I I, I got to admit, I did watch it, but this one, it was, um, Susan and I tried watching a couple episodes, and we had to. It was painful to get through them. It really was.
1: Yeah, um, and and I also when you look back on some of the episodes, if you go and watch them now, you can kind of see where the cast didn't get along, yeah. or or at least Kim control because if you watch certain scenes, you're like, yeah, that wasn't working.
0: <laughs> no, 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 but I, I like Kim control I mean, it's it's a shame that they had to mannequin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, she was in that. She was also in Porky's. Uh,
1: she was yes. she was the
0: yeller from the from the top there. But anyway, you know, it, I, I just think you and I could talk about this kind of stuff all day. Uh, I appreciate you coming on a second time. Uh, we'll have you on again when you get your third book out. Uh, we'll have you out to promote that. And make sure you get uh, Tim's books on Amazon. Because The Oliver Factor, I read really good. Um, and uh, what was the other book again, Tim? To talk the about Name there? Dropper. The Name Dropper, another one. And the new one will be coming out. Now you can like Lens Burning Bush on Facebook at Lens Burning Bush. You can follow along at Lens Burning Bush on Twitter. We have the YouTube channel now, so like and subscribe on YouTube. You're, if you're watching it on YouTube. We're also on Facebook Live and we're on Twitter live uh, streaming as well. And you can listen to all the latest uh, episodes. There's 94 of them now with you, Tim. 94 on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, all of that. iHeartRadio, tune in. You can even ask Alexa to play lens burning bush but as i've always said make sure you say lens burning bush podcast because you never know what's gonna come out (laughs) right you don't want you know and a lot of people think it's kind of a religious show because you see the moses in the background and no we're not talking religion on on lens burning bush but anyway but thank you tim uh tyrell be back uh, with another episode of lens burning bush next week so long